Guess what? <laughs> it is our job as leaders to get the best out of our people, you know, to move them consistently towards a particular goal while nurturing their hearts and their minds. Surprising, right? <laughs> okay, guys, so think about your different team members. Do you have one who's wired to process a task before taking any action? What about the one who just dives right in the moment the request comes in? Or your talkative colleague who drives the impatient one nuts? And what about the overly critical one? You know, they always seem to find holes in everything. Now imagine trying to manage these different individuals the same way or trying to get them to move towards a particular goal using the same carrot or the same stick. You would find yourself using so much emotional force and energy and hitting so many walls as you try to get them to move to your desired outcomes. So then how do you flex your approach to engage your people's hearts and hands and minds, you know, given their different personality types? And if you have to use a carrot or a stick, how do you do that with precision? That's what we'll be talking about today. Hi everyone, I'm Tabitha Njeri, your host, and you're listening to the How to Manage Our Podcast, where we help you get the best out of your team, smash your goals, and of course, sleep well at night. So guys, grab that pen and paper and do one more thing. Bring your most difficult employee to mind. Why? Because you will use them as an example to work through four distinct people attributes that we will discuss today. And here's the thing too. If you choose to deliberately work through each of the four examples we will go through today, you will leave this episode having gained some key ahas and mm-hmms about how to better influence this team member's attitude and behaviors at work. So I hope you choose to work the examples. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump in. Here is a list of the four attributes. Attribute number one. This is about how your people approach their work. What do I mean by that? This is about their preferred way of taking action at work, how they move through the process of work, how they do their work. So let me give you three examples to crystallize this attribute. And then I'll also tell you why it's so important for you to know how your people approach their work. So here are three examples. Some people, they approach work by jumping into action as soon as a task is handed to them, while others, they need time to process first. Some people, they prefer to work alone, to do work alone, while others prefer to do work in collaboration with others. Guys, it is so important for you to be clear about each of your team members' approach to work because you can use this insight to impact their attitude towards their work. You can use this insight to determine what projects or tasks you hand to them. And you can use this insight also to determine the kind of support that you will give them, right, to enable them to bring their best performance to work. Okay. So go ahead and remember that most challenging team member that you brought to mind earlier. What we're going to do now is 
pause the episode and have you write down two things that you have most frequently observed about this person's approach to work. Okay, pause and write down your two answers. Then continue. Attribute number two. The second attribute that you should know about each of your direct reports is their limitations. And guys, I'm not talking about their technical or job-specific limitations, although those are really important to know too. I am talking about the intrinsic limitations that cause them to disengage or to react negatively when they find themselves in a position of stress. And remember, the more they find work stressful, the less engaged they are, and of course, the less productive they are. So let me give you four examples to crystallize this attribute that we're calling limitations. So think about your team member. When they are feeling stress, do they get impatient with others? Or do they turn to analysis paralysis or do they take or make impulsive decisions? Do they become overly critical of others and their ideas or do they become a pushover, you know, accommodating of others even when they shouldn't be? Do they get indecisive when they feel pressure? These are some examples that show you different people's limitations when they are in a position of stress. If you know your team members' limitations, you can help them anticipate and prepare for stressful situations so that they can sidestep stress. And this will save you and them so much time and avoid so much conflict and get your team to results so much faster. And oh, they will associate work with stress much, much less. Okay, guys, it's that time again. You know, bring to mind again your most challenging associate and then write down two limitations that you have most frequently observed with them. So pause and write this down. Attribute number three. The third attribute that you should know about each of your team members is what motivates them. Now, we're not talking about extrinsic rewards or motivators like money and time off. Here, we're talking about the intrinsic motivators, the internal factors that inspire them into action, that drive positive behavior from them without you having to use an external carrot. So I'll give you three examples. So are they motivated by social recognition or by one-on-one, sincere one-on-one recognition? Do they feel inspired when they are presented with opportunities to learn new information? Or does the inspiration come when they get to demonstrate what they know? Does competition drive them or are they helpers who are motivated by the opportunity to help others? When you know what motivates your team as a manager, then you can lead them to results by consciously placing them in situations or giving them tasks that are significant and meaningful to them. And then see their engagement and productivity begin to rise. All right, guys, it's that time again. Pause the episode and bring to mind your most challenging team members and write down two intrinsic motivators that you have most frequently observed with them. Okay, the fourth and last 
attribute is their fears. So here's the thing, guys. Different things induce fear differently in different people. And when the emotion of fear is induced in us, we defend and we protect ourselves and typically we get quite unproductive. So then what are some of those things that trigger the emotion of fear in people in our team? I'll give you three examples at work. So the first could be the loss of control can induce fear in some people. So imagine if this is a trigger for your team member and then you walk into a meeting that they are leading and then you take it over. What happens? You just triggered them. What about the team member who's afraid of offending others? Or the one who fears being wrong? Or the one who fears change? How do you flex your approach given your knowledge of their fears? Here's the thing. When you are clear about your team member's fears, you will be able to preempt and sidestep any anxiety-causing situations so that you keep your team focused on their work rather than distracted by worry and anxiety. Knowing this will also help you observe when your team members' fears have been triggered so that you can quickly help them get past the emotion and back into productivity. Remember, guys, we are dealing with human beings, not data points. So, guys, it's that time again. Time to bring to mind your most challenging team member and write at least two things down that trigger fear in them. All right, pause the episode and write this down. We're out of time, guys. So look through everything you've written down. Get to your hearts. And if you have questions, reach out to me. This is Tabitha and Jerry signing out.